Hi friends, I'm Emily Fletcher, and today we'll be mapping meditation on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Emily Fletcher. Emily is the founder of Ziva, the creator of the Ziva Technique, and regarded as a leading expert in meditation for high-performance her debut book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, was published by HarperCollins in February, and you can find that linked, and I recommend you do, in the show notes. The New York Times, The Today Show, Vogue, and ABC News have all featured Emily's work. She's been named one of the top 100 women in wellness to watch, has taught more than 15,000 students around the world, and has spoken on meditation for performance at Google, Harvard Business School, Viacom, and Wanderlust. Ziva graduates include Oscar, Grammy, Tony, and Emmy Award winners, NBA players, Navy SEALs, Fortune 500 CEOs, busy parents, and social entrepreneurs, as well as some of our favorite top functional medicine practitioners. The Ziva technique is a powerful trifecta of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting designed to unlock full potential. Its benefits include decreased stress, deeper sleep, improved immune function, increased productivity, and extraordinary performance, which of course we'll be exploring in today's discussion. So let's get started. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix, Emily. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I am thrilled to be here. I've never done a 15-minute podcast before. I know. It's fast and furious. We're going to have so much fun. And we're going to talk about meditation, which also can be fun. It's such an important topic in functional medicine and functional nutrition these days. Can you tell me just a quick history about what got you into meditation? Long story short, I was living my dream on Broadway and it became a nightmare. I was in constant fight or flight. That anxiety led to insomnia for 18 months. I started going gray at 26, mm. started getting sick and injured. And then I found meditation and it cured my insomnia on the first day. I didn't get sick for eight and a half years. I stopped going gray and it improved my performance so dramatically that I felt inspired to share it with others. So I left Broadway, I went to India and I started what became a three-year training process to teach. And since graduating, I've taught now 17,000 people to meditate and we created the world's first online meditation training. And I just had my first book come out. And so it's been a fun and wild ride. You talk about meditation for high performance. This speaks to me, I have to admit. So mm -hmm. how do you you see meditation as a tool for those who are aiming to live a high performance life? Here's the reality is that stress is making us stupid, sick, and sad. Mm. And those are not attributes of high performers. And so while it's very tempting to get caught in that trap or that old way of thinking of like, I'm too busy to meditate. But to that, I would say, look, if you're not managing your stress, your stress is managing you. And even if you don't identify as someone who is stressed, just being a human being on the planet Earth right now, like eating food that isn't food, having light that isn't light, you know, not having as much sex or being on the Earth as much as we were designed to be or getting on a plane ride while it might seem like oh meditation is this hippy dippy airy fairy thing that I get around to when I have a little bit more time 
reality is that if you are not actively managing your stress, then you have a backlog of stresses accumulated in your nervous system and that can bog down the brain and body. This fight or flight thing has become maladaptive. And so if you're wasting your mental and physical energy being in fight or flight, when that is not what your demands call for, then you are not performing as efficiently as you could. Yeah, it's a really important point. And it's that breath that we have to take in all the busyness. If we look at the central part of the functional nutrition matrix, you talked about some of the symptoms that were there for you, the gray hair, the insomnia. What other symptoms have you seen meditation practices address in all these people whose lives you've touched? Well, an interesting and surprising one, IBS. So many people come back to me and say, hey, my IBS is gone. I was like, what? If you think about it, when the body gets stressed, your digestion floods with acid to shut down digestion so that you have all your energy to fight or flee the tiger. And that's relevant if your demand is a predatory attack, but that low-grade chronic fight or flight thing with that slow drip acid of adrenaline and cortisol right. into your nervous system, if you start meditating and get rid of those acidic chemicals and you start flooding the brain and body with dopamine and serotonin, which are alkaline in nature, you create a much more hospitable body for healing. It's interesting to look at both both stress and resilience and meditation through the scientific lens, because there's a lot more research that is pointing to the negative impacts of stress, but also the positive impacts of meditation. Have you tapped into some of that research in your own writings and teachings? Yes. So it was a big part of writing my book. It's called Stress Less, Accomplish More. Mm -hmm. The first third of it is all of the science behind what I call the selfish reasons by people come to meditation. There's a whole chapter on sleep, what meditation can do to your sleep, why it cures insomnia. There's a whole chapter on sex, why it can improve your sex life. There's a chapter on immune function, how getting out of that chronic fight or flight can actually allow your immune system to function as it was designed. And interestingly, there's a whole chapter on reversing your body age. No surprise here, but stress is aging us expeditiously. And you want proof of that, take a look at any president the day they take office right. and that same president four years later. And then look at your own self. Like, how do you look on vacation when you're resting and doing yoga and having sex and eating delicious food and getting sun versus how do you look when you pull an all-nighter at work and are not eating well? So we know it on our own bodies that stress ages us. But now we're starting to see really like the science behind that, that when you're stressed, your telomeres weaken and shorten, which are the casings at the end of your DNA and your mm -hmm. chromosomes. And so when you meditate and you get rid of that stress, you can strengthen and lengthen your telomeres, which can have a direct impact on your body age. Any other surprising facts that you found through diving into the research? Yeah, well, one interesting one is that over time, meditation can thicken your corpus callosum, mm. which is the thin white strip that connects the right and left hemispheres of the brain. Right. And that's really important because your left brain is the critical mind. The right brain is the creative mind. And really, we want to be firing on all cylinders. I think this is a really good point for aging men to listen to because men tend to have a more of a separation as they age in those right and left hemispheres, which is where that lack of intuition comes from. So when oh. we strengthen that corpus callosum, right, we strengthen our intuition, which as clinicians we want. I did not know that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, kind of amazing to think about. I love how we're looking at this through the scientific lens. Let's go into what I think of as the skills arena. 
How do we bring this into our clients and patients' lives and make it easy and quote unquote digestible for them to take on a meditation practice? I think step one is you have to have one yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't throw stones in a glass house. It's like, if you want your patients to be meditating, you have to be meditating. I can't tell you how many clients I see that are like, I just want my husband to start meditating. I want my wife to start meditating. Or I want my kids to start meditating. I say, okay, do you meditate? And they're like, well, no, but I think it would really help them. And I'm like, okay, well, the only thing you're in charge of is cleaning your own house. And so if you start to clean your own house and you have firsthand experience of how it makes your life better, then it's much easier to prescribe and to advocate for these practices to your patients. Then you know how to adapt and how to make it accessible and digestible. Like, so, Mm -hmm. you know, two of my clients, Dr. Mark Hyman, who's the head of functional medicine at Cleveland Clinic and Robin Burzin, who's the founder of Parsley Health. And they both prescribe Ziva meditation to their students. And I think they do it for two reasons. One, it's impacted their lives positively. And they see that it actually allows them to perform at the top of their game. And two, I've really done my best. I feel like one of my missions on this planet is to make these tools very accessible, very digestible. And I think that's one of my gifts as a teacher is just the way that I communicate, but then also in the actual format. So Mm -hmm. we created the world's first online meditation training, which I'm very proud of. And it's only about 15 minutes a day for 15 days, Mm -hmm. but it is a matriculation and it's designed to make you self-sufficient. And it teaches you the three M's, which comprise the Ziva technique. So it starts with mindfulness and then we move into a deeper healing, restful meditation. And then we end with manifesting, which is really just empowering people to create a life and a body that they love. And then the cool thing is that once you grab graduate, you don't need me anymore. You don't need an app. You don't need finger symbols or gongs. It's like you're totally self-sufficient and you can do it anytime on a plane, on a bus with your kids screaming in the next room. And with Ziva, noise is no barrier to meditation. The other big, big block that people have is people think that they can't do it because they can't clear their minds. And the really good news there is that we're not interested in clearing the mind at Ziva. The mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats involuntarily. And I really beat that drum very hard in the course. And so by the end of it, people don't feel like a meditation failure anymore. I like to think of the three tiers to nutrition or epigenetic mastery, how we change everything going on in our bodies. And tier one are the non-negotiables. Meditation for you is clearly a non-negotiable and would be a non-negotiable for anybody else that you were working with. You've worked with some top people. Have there been tough cases where people had a lot of barriers in their busy lives other than those you listed to embracing a meditation practice? Another big barrier is just how stressed we are and how depressed we are. Mm. You know, a lot of people are suffering from pretty intense anxiety and pretty intense depression. And because Ziva is quite powerful, it's quite cathartic, and it can create a bit of an emotional and physical detox. And that sometimes can be a barrier for folks because they're just so scared that they're going to like break down or lose it. Like they don't want what feels like a thin grasp on control to be blown up, you know, and this is a little advanced, but I'm like, look, your illusion of control is an illusion anyway, Yes. you know, and that grasping for something that you actually can't control is one of the things that's stressing you out. But for someone dealing with depression, it's very hard to say to them, well, just feel it, you know, like just sit in it, like just allow the feelings to move through you. I try to be very careful. And when people learn with me face to face, I do a screening process just to make sure if they're dealing with severe anxiety or depression, that they have a therapist that they're seeing face to face. And then oftentimes I will start them a little bit slower, like we'll graduate up to the full 20 minutes twice a day. And that helps them to 
just not throw themselves into a level of detox that becomes unmanageable. Right. Because for most of us, we have to move through some uncomfortability, you know, like any cleanse, but I don't want people suffering. And I certainly don't want people spiraling into a depression that they feel like they can't get out of. And so that I think is a barrier. And sometimes it's valid and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just people are afraid to feel their feelings because they've never been taught how. And then some people are actually dealing with very severe depression, in which case we have to adjust the program and make sure they have you know, a lot of support. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm jotting down a lot of notes. A lot of what you're saying is working with meditation clinically is like we would think about anything else clinically. It might be a start low and go slow so that there can be an adjustment in the body and in the brain to yes. uh, taking this on. And I think too, you know, more about myself, I haven't knock on wood struggle with depression, although we see many clients and patients that do. I struggle with control. Right. So mm -hmm. having lost my husband in my life, like I like mm -hmm. control in my life mm -hmm. and that control also becomes a stressor because as you said, it's an illusion. And I think this is also why when we think about performance, those of us who are top performers do have a sense of control that we want. So it's really interesting to think about the kind of anecdote <laughs> to our control tendencies. Yes. And I get it because I call myself a recovering control freak. And so I'm very familiar, but my analogy, and maybe this will be helpful for you is that we humans, when we think we're controlling our lives, we're like the little kid in the grocery store who's driving the plastic car yes. in front of the shopping cart. <laughs> You know, that little kid really thinks he's driving the car, but right. the mom's like, oh, look how adorable he thinks he's driving. And I think that's how God is with us humans. They're like, totally. oh, look how adorable those humans think they're in charge. Meanwhile, nature is so the one pushing the cart. <laughs> it's so true. It's all an illusion. Sometimes I'm like, how many times do I need this reminder? Like, thank Probably you again for day. the reminder. Right? <laughs> it's true. And the other thing I'm thinking about is something I like to think of as side benefits versus side effects. So when we make diet and lifestyle modifications, which is my area of passion. There's so many side benefits like you talked about sleep, better sex, better immune function versus where we try to appease or address the condition or the stress directly. And we don't do these lifestyle factors. We might have side effects. What other side benefits do you see when people take on these meditation practices according to the principles you've outlined? One is that the gap between their desires and their desires becoming manifest tends to get shorter and shorter. Mm, also, they just report being in flow state more often. Mm. Athletes, moms, parents, I should say, you know, anyone running a company, an entrepreneur, like you have to be in yes. flow state. You have to have that intuition. So like an increase in your intuitive voice is a big side benefit. Better skin, hormonal balances, like some people who like hadn't had a period in years will start to have their period again. Mm. Fertility is a big one, like an increase in fertility. I've had women get pregnant at 44. I've had people who weren't even candidates for IVF meditate for two years and then go back and have the fertility markers of an 18 year old. Wow. Like it's been pretty dramatic, the fertility stuff that I've seen. But the big one is just enjoying your life more. Yeah. It's just life just becomes better. You become more present. You're like, oh, I can actually be with my kids instead of scrolling through my phone or I'm more compassionate with my husband or 
I feel like I'm a better leader because I'm more empathetic with my team. Really, if you think about all the different ways that stress is holding you back, there's an equal number of ways that meditation can benefit your life. Yeah. And all those things that you talked about also have their own side benefits, which is phenomenal. If you were to shout anything from the top of a rooftop or mountain about meditation that you wanted practitioners to know in making the recommendations to their clients and patients, what would that be? It would be that mindfulness and meditation are not the same thing because this gets confusing because right now meditation is obviously so, so popular and there's a bazillion D meditation apps out there. And most of the apps and the YouTube videos and the drop-in studios are actually teaching what I would call mindfulness. So that's like breath work or guided visualization or anytime someone's guiding you through something. And it's awesome. It's great. It's very good at dealing with your stress in the now. But the type of meditation that we teach at Ziva is giving your body very deep healing rest. And it is that deep healing rest that allows you to get rid of all the accumulated stress in your nervous system from the past. And that's really where the healing magic happens. Like that's when you start to usher yourself into higher states of cognitive performance. And so it's just knowing that just like the word food, you know, means a thousand different things. The word meditation has now come to mean a thousand different things. And so it's just being specific about what you're practicing and prescribing and knowing the use cases for them. What a brilliant note to end on. Thank you so much for your work, Emily. You are a pure example of the work that you do and teach to others. Thank you very much. That is high praise. I appreciate it. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and Carla Schaefer on sound production, as well as Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, just head over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a really short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. Plus, you always have an invitation to email us. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can email us and let us know at ask at 15minutematrix.com.